Praise God, everyone. Praise God, everyone. Amen. Amen. We serve an awesome God. We serve an awesome, awesome God. And as I am prepared for this morning, a couple of things came to heart, and um, I just wanted to, to talk to you. Just wanted to talk to you. Wanted to tell you, first of all, Merry Christmas. And I thank every one of you for your love towards me and my family. God has been so, so good to us. He's been so good to us. And our friendship and the times we've been able to share here has been phenomenal. It's been really, really good. And uh, we thank God for it. Thank God for Pastor, for his leadership, you know. It's been something, like he says, that through 20 years, he's had to put up with me. And it's been, it's been sweet. He's taught me. He's tempered me. You know, when I, when I first got here, I was quite energetic and vocal. And um, now he's taught me how to be quiet a little bit. Has he been successful? Amen, amen. Say amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But I do. I just I give on to God. And yes, my, um, I sent my mom. And as you know, I call my wife's mom, mom for me too. She's my mom. And I sent her a Christmas present, and I sent her my family. Because they had the time off, and I didn't. And I said, don't hang around here. Go see mom. And so they're in Providence, Rhode Island right now. They send you their love. And my wife says that um, she's glad she's not here because she always gets so nervous when I stand up before you. <laughs> Hallelujah. So y'all can slap her and get on her when she's here. But um, we do. And I, um, I just say thank you. I, I love my wife. We've been 29 years we just celebrated this past Thanksgiving. 29 years. Wow. Poor thing. Sincerely, poor thing. Wow. Part of my story is that I've known the Lord. I've been saved since I was a little boy. I come to know Jesus when I was seven years old. I was about to, I was in the children's choir, and we, and, I, and they had given me a song to lead, and part of the song was talking about being saved. And our children's choir leader, she said, TV, now you got to be there. You can't sing this song lying. And I said, that's going to be tough. You're putting pressure on me. I've been asking Jesus into my heart for a long time, and at the time, I grew up in a place where the confirmation of your salvation was through a gift of speaking in tongues. So the gift was something we had to do. And I just begged and begged and begged. And finally, I don't know, I guess I begged enough. And I, <laughs> I told mommy, I said, mommy, I, I'm saved. She said, I'll tell you when you're saved. <laughs> and those of you who know my mommy, mommy, she loved her son. Oh, my God, I thank God. Mommy loved her son. But she wasn't going to let me be saved just because I had to sing. She said, nope, I'll tell you when. And I guess sometime later she said, okay, you're saved. And I said, thank you, Jesus. But as a part of that salvation, part of that story is that mommy, I was mommy's only boy, and I was born out of wedlock. And grandpa called me a bastard. And I always thought it was a term of endearment. I didn't realize that Grandpa had another, another purpose for that name with me. But, but one of the things Mommy never wanted to happen was she never wanted me to be, see myself as less than the man that God had made me to be. And the problem with that was that I got to the place to where 
I was so full of me. I mean, I was really full of me. And I thought I could do anything, anywhere, and I, I could persuade anybody to do anything. And as, the, as I came to know the Lord more and more, one of the things I learned was that he said that pride stinks in the nostrils of God. And I just said, God, I don't even know how to begin to fall before you and to say, how do, I, how do you humble me? How do you get out of me what you want? And I give you all the glory. And then he gave me children. <laughs> then he gave me children. <laughs> and I think that's where I'm going to start today. If I was to title my time with you, it would be the power of waiting. Or it could even be, you could even title this the, the secrets to waiting. Or you can title it the importance of waiting. Y'all, it's critical that we understand it. It's critical that we understand the process of waiting. Hallelujah. In Genesis 1, it starts off and it says, In the beginning, God. And right there is such a critical piece. Before we can even go any further, we stop and we say that, In the beginning, God. And he was there. It was God. And God had a purpose. God was about it. I I, I can't get too much into it because then I'll get distracted and I'd go off into tangents. But it says that God was about, he brooded, he, he hovered. And that term, that hovering, it, it, it's a brooding, it's, it's a waiting, it's, it's, it's a consuming of chaos. There's chaos. And how did the chaos come about? See, that's where I have to get, so I talk to you about that Lucifer was an angel up in heaven and he was a worship leader and he decided to get full of himself and God there was a war, really quick war. It wasn't hard. It wasn't, wasn't a long battle, but he kicked him out. And when he kicked him out, it was that, that that created the chaos. And God is hovering over this chaos, and he brings about creation. And in the passage, as the, as the book starts, it talks about day one, day two, day three. And every time it said, God spoke, God said, and it was, and it was good. God said, and it was, and it was good. God and it takes its time. God goes through six days of that. And then on the seventh day, it said, and he rested. Y'all, God could have, if he spoke it in one day, and it all happened, he could have spoke the whole existence of it into happening in one day. But he took his time and decided he's going to make this a seven-day event. And he said, and on the seventh day, in chapter 2, it says he, God rested. I think from the very beginning as a father, and he knew that's what he was, God was showing to us an example of the importance of a process. It was a process, and he took his time with the process, and he shares that process with us, and then at the end of the process, it said, and he rested. What am I saying to you? I'm saying that in each of our lives, There's a process that God has. There's a process that that is going to take us through. And in that process, sometimes 
it may seem like it's not going along very fast or that it's really taking its time. But I want you to see the importance of the process. Many of us, many of you, our mommies, have gone through the, 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 the joy of childbearing. And in childbearing, the seed comes together and there's a baby formed. And then it's a process. It's, it's a waiting. And for those of us, I think Nate was here to tell me it's a 40-week gestation period. And during that 40 weeks, there's so much unfolding. So much that's critical has to happen. And we've been through this a time or two. And um, in our time of waiting, there's times I'd sit there and I'd talk to the baby and I'd rub mommy, mommy's stomach. And I'd just talk to her, talk to him. And I'd tell him about what's out here and what's coming. And as much as we would talk and share and the discomfort of childbirth, the discomfort of the waiting, it still had to take place. We still had to settle and wait. And what makes that waiting easy? What makes that waiting something that we can feel comfortable in doing? Well, we look around and we can, also, and we can say, I've been through it. I've seen others go through it. And they seem to make it. I mean, it's, going to, it's coming to fruition. It's, there's going to be a fullness of time and the baby will come forth. And so although it seems long and sometimes it can get hot and cold and we can get frustrated with the process, we all know that we really want it to take the whole time. We don't want the baby to come early because there's some lack of development that happens and, and, and there's, some, there's some criticalities that unfold. So we really need the baby to take its time and to come forth. So we practice that and we do it over and over again. And every one of us have been through that process. And so every one of us are comfortable when we get to a new mommy, and she's about to go through this, and we all get excited with her. And then when she starts to have some questions, we can answer those questions. We can share with her, it's coming. It's okay. There's books written. There's process. It's, it's all there. It's, it's dated. But we know it will unfold. It will happen. Life will come forth. Y'all, it's the same way with our walk with Christ. We may have some questions. We may not understand what's under... But we know that in time, there's a promise, there's a word God has spoke. And I come back to the beginning. He said he spoke it, and it was, and what? It said, and it was good. God has spoken a word over your lives. God has spoken a word. He's called you. He's drawn you to himself. He has birthed you. And now there's a process that's unfolding, and you're walking it out. You're living it out. And the process will unfold. It will come to pass. What will you do in the meanwhile? How will you walk through it? Will you get frustrated? Will you get tired? Will you get impatient? See, there's active waiting and there's passive waiting. Active waiting is what I choose to do. It's when I sit before the Lord and I say, I stand here waiting for you. Give me my instructions. What do I do? How can I serve you? What what can I do for you, Daddy? I'm actively waiting. I'm listening. I'm wanting to know. I'm not giving up. Why? How can I do that? How can you do that? You can do it because you know, one, he does speak. He does speak, and he speaks to you. Two, you also know that this that you're going through, it is a process for your complete development. Don't rush it. Don't rush it. Don't rush it because what he's going to do, he's going to do it beautifully in you. How do I know? I got some examples. 
You know how we talked about the book? It's, it's written. It talks about how babies are born in the whole process. Well, I get a nice little book, and the book tells me so many wonderful stories. And one of my favorite, and I don't know that it was always my favorite. I think it's become my favorite because it's one of my pastor's favorites. And out of love for my pastor, I've grown to really appreciate the story of Joseph. And in the story of Joseph, in his, we know that God gave Joseph a gift. From the, he was something from the very beginning. There was something different from the very beginning. Any of you feel that way? Any of you feel different from the very beginning? Something different about you? Something that just, but God called from the very beginning. And then he let him, he gave him to see that something that he had given Joseph was something he would need, something that was important. And, and he had it. It was there. It was there from the beginning. But spoken out of time or shared out of time, it raised different concerns. Families, brothers, got a little angry, got a little jealous, didn't like the gift, decided they were going to get rid of the gift. And then some of you, sometimes others, have tried to feel as though your gift, they're going to try to get rid of it. But what do you do? You wait. You see, we know the end of the story with Joseph. We know that there was a plan, and God took him from and we all love it. It's awesome. I was like, ah. But he had to go through. It didn't just happen. There was a process. There was a time. And I say to you, the only thing for us that's going to take us through, that's going to help us to get through the process, to get through the waiting, is what? We've got to trust the one who said the words. We've got to trust the one who spoke it. And see, I, talking to you, I, you all know that. You all know that. Every one of you would know. No, none of us would stand up and say, no, I don't trust God. But I was question that when you begin to get to the place where you begin to wonder, will I yield to this temptation that stands before me now, or will I wait? See, that's when, that's when I'm... I wish I could go back to last week. I wish he could stand up and say it again. There was a part that he spoke when he talked about temptation. You don't know, it's only, it's hardest. What did he say? When you don't give in. See, that's when you know it's hard. Because if I give in to it, I lost. It wasn't that hard. I failed. But when I hold out, when I say, wait, for God I'll live and for God I'll die, I'll give him all of me, not just my money, not just my Sunday morning, but all of me. All of me, God, is yours. And my body is a temple. It will not be defiled. I will not let it be used for anything other than to glorify you. That's the waiting. And I can do that because I know that God spoke it. He said it in me. He said, I've got something for you. I've got a plan for you, a plan to prosper you and to bring you to what? A good end. A good end. He can do it in you. He's going to do it. He's spoken and it will come to pass. Everything that's in you, everything that's unlike him, he will work it out. Thank you. Can I hear a thank you on that? Can I get a thank you? Oh, come on now. You've got to know. He will work it out in you. He will. He will work it out. It won't stay because nothing, nothing unlike him will enter into the kingdom. Nothing. Nothing, thank you, Jesus. I got to say thank you because there's a whole lot of me that still don't look just like daddy. But I want to be, I want to be 
like daddy. And so I yield myself. I say, daddy, work it out in me. Why can I say that? Why? Because I trust you. I trust you. I got faith in your word. I got faith that you are God. I got faith that you said it. I got faith that you can do it. I got faith. Because I've seen it and I believe it. And if I don't believe it, it is still so. And I'm going to walk it out. I don't have to yield. You don't have to give in. Oh, my God. Mm. Mm. You, you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't. You can wait on the Lord. Wait. Don't be passive about it. Don't just sit and let it unfold. Because see, when we just sit and we're not sure what we're doing, we become idle. But when we get active about it, when I get this thing all in my spirit, I trust my daddy. I want to be just like him. I want him to be seen through me in everything that I do. It's not about what I want. And I got some wants. <laughs> I got some wants. But the more and the closer I get, I gain a different perspective. He jumped in my lap for a good night hug. He called me dad and I called him bub. A faded old pillar, a band named Pooh. Snuggled up close and said, I want to be like you. I tucked him in bed and I kissed him goodnight. Stumbled over the toys as I turned out the light. I whispered a prayer that one day he'll see. He's got a father in God because he sees Jesus in me. And Lord, I want to be just like you because he wants to be just like me. I want to be a holy example for his innocent eyes to see. And help me be a living Bible, Lord, that my little boy can read. I want to be just like you, because he wants to be like me. I've got to admit, I've got so far to go. I make so many mistakes, and I'm sure that you know. Sometimes it seems no matter how hard I try, with all the pressures in life, I just can't get it all right. But I'm trying so hard to learn from the best, being patient and kind, filled with your tenderness, because I know that he learned from the things that he sees and the Jesus he'll find will be the Jesus in me. And, Lord, I want to be just like you because he wants to be just like me. I want to be a holy example for his innocent eyes to see and help me be a living Bible, Lord, that my children read. I want to be just like you because they want to be like me. And right now, from where they stand, I may seem mighty tall, 
But it's only because I'm learning from the best father of them all. And Lord, I want to be just like you. Because they want to be just like me. I want to be that holy example that their innocent eyes can see. Help me be a living Bible, Lord, that they may read. I want to be just like you, because they want to be like me. That's a song of patience. That's something that I can't do overnight. And as much as I want to teach them, the fact is that more is caught than is taught. I don't want to tell my children how to love Jesus. I don't want to tell them. I want them to be able to see it because guess what I learned? The things about me that I don't like, I see it in my kids. I see it in my boys because they see it in me. It's still there. I'm not ready. I'm not right yet. So, God, I'm crying out, get it out of me. I stand here able, wide open for you to do what you got to do. Because, God, I want to be like you. I don't want to be like TV. I want to be like you. There's something that the world's got to see. There's something the world wants to know. And me, it's uncomfortable. Me, I worry. I worry. What if they're going to reject me? What if, what if they tell me I can't do that right now? What if when I'm trying to tell them about you, they say, wait a minute. Back off. See, God, like you is what I want to be. I'll take whatever it takes, whatever it is. Because, God, they're dying. And you love them. And you're giving me a heart for them. And so, God, I'm not going to let them die. I'm not going to worry about whether they'll accept it. I'm not going to worry about whether I'll lose my job or whether they won't invite me to the parties. I'm going to tell them about you. I'm going to invite them to take a hold of a God who loves them, of a father, a father. A father, a real father, a father who says, I love you, and I've got something for you. A father who says, I'll never let you go. I'll never, ever let you go. i got you right here in the palm of my hands. I'll hold you. And he goes, I'm so big, you can't, you can't be lost in me. How can I not tell him about that? How can I not get excited about that? How can I not tell him that that's so important, that there's a life worth living, and there's a process worth going through, because there's a birth coming forth and he's coming forth in me. Jesus is going to come through. But you've got to do what? You've got to let the process unfold. You've got to decide that, Daddy, for you I'll live and for you I'll die. It won't only be my words, but it will be my actions. It will be my life. Wherever I am, whatever setting I'm in, they're going to know. Will they, will they be able to accuse me of being like you? And I'd be found guilty. Because it's you. And it won't be because I've condemned them. It won't be because I've told them they're going to hell. It'll be because I've loved them. I've loved them like you loved them. And I loved them so much they couldn't help but say, what is it about you? I can't stand you. I don't like you. I don't even want you around me. But yet there's something about you. I know you care about me. I know you think about me more than you think about your own good. You're willing to spend your last dime to take me to lunch. Why? Just give me the money. Let me go to lunch. No, I want to be with you. I want to spend some time with you. There's a process working out. Let's be together. Because I want to tell you something. I want you to be able to listen. I want to tell you there's a daddy that loves you. I want to tell you there's a daddy that cares about you. 
And I want you to know that he's there and you can do it too. You just got to wait. We got to learn now. Hallelujah. Can we do it? Do you know how to wait now? If you don't, this is the process. I don't know it. But I know that I just want to be like him. And I know that if I let him do it, he'll figure it out in me. He'll work it out. He'll work it out in you. Because he's that good a father. He loves you too much. He loved you so much that he died for you. He died. And he loves you too much to let you stay just like you are. He's going to work it out in you. He's going to pull you in and make you look just like him. Just like him. You want to go through? I know that's a tough one. But I tell you the answer is yes. Sign the bottom of the page and let him work it out. I promise you. I know it. I, it will be good. Doesn't mean there won't be pain. Doesn't mean there won't be struggles. Because some of this stuff that's in you really has got to get out. It's really bad stuff. When a body's filled with cancer, what do they do? They got to give sometimes some radical stuff. Some radical stuff. Put some poison all up in your body. Makes you throw up, lose your hair. You feel miserable. But when the cancer's gone, how do you feel? The cancers, there's cancers in us. Daddy saved us, but he's going to work them out. Go through the process. Wait. Believe. Hope. Trust. Believe. Hope. Trust. He's going to do it in you. Daddy, we thank you for your love and your life. We thank you for your faithfulness unto us. We thank you that you're a God that's worth waiting for. That's worth waiting on. And we're not giving up. We're not letting go. We're not giving in. But we're going to be seen. We're going, you're going to do in us to work and to will your good pleasure. Daddy, I speak life. I speak life over these men and women. I speak life over these families. I speak life over these fathers and these sons. I speak life over these mothers and these daughters. I speak life over this place. I speak life. And God, I say, work it out. Do in us.